Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. November 2018 when my friend asked me, are you pregnant? And immediately color rushed to my cheeks. How rude. No, I was not pregnant. Thank you very much. And it had been five years since I had my last baby and I was actually feeling and looking really good. Except for the fact that I actually was pregnant and I did not know that I was pregnant, but my extremely prophetic friend actually saw a picture of me holding a baby And he boldly asked, and I would not know it for another few days, but yes, I was indeed pregnant with what I love to affectionately call my bonus baby. Well, now, two years later, I have a lot more joy in my life and a few extra pounds. Ladies, can we just laugh for a minute about what we do to bring these children into the world? You know, I really wish that it was as much fun to lose weight as it is to gain weight. Maybe you can relate. Most people I know at some point in their life have tried to lose some weight. And when we think about weight loss, you know, we often think, okay, eat less, exercise more, right? Like the common equation. But how many of you have tried that and it didn't work or it didn't work for a sustained amount of time? Well, that's because there are often hindrances to our weight loss that we don't even consider. There's hormones, lack of sleep, stress, medications that we need to take. And all of these hindrances can work against us. It means that all the kale and running in the world doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to lose that weight. And these obstacles, they're frustrating and they're annoying. Hindrances can harm us. And today I'm going to talk about two hindrances that can hinder uh, or that can stunt or stop our spiritual growth. Well, last week, we launched into our brand new message series, which is based on my mom and our co-founding pastor's new book, Wrecked for God. And we began to see that we're going to go on this journey of understanding that Jesus wants to transform us so that we're wrecked for God and wrecked for good. And mom unpacked this gap, she called it. She said, what we read in the Bible and then what our experience or reality is, there seems to be a gap. And we want to ask, what actually leads to true transformation? And we talked about this mystery, this secret that had been revealed to us in the Word. And so I want to actually go right now to Colossians 1.27. This is what it says. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everyone to know it. So what is this mystery? What is this treasure chest of hope? It is this idea, this truth that we are in union with Jesus. Jesus is not only for us, he's in us. And it's such a powerful, powerful truth. But we learn that transformation, it takes time, 
and it takes trust, and there are hindrances along the way for, sh- for sure. So you might be thinking, okay, I wonder what hindrances she's going to talk about today. Maybe you thought to yourself, like, is she going to talk about sin or Satan? Because those are two more obvious hindrances, kind of like with weight loss, the food and the exercise. But no, I'm not going to talk about those more obvious ones today. I'm going to talk about two less obvious, two hidden hindrances. And the two things I'm going to talk about today are the hindrance of religion and the Bible. That's right. I just said that the Bible and religion could actually be hindrances to our true transformation. You know, religion, it keeps us trapped in lies that keep us from understanding who Jesus really is and who we really are. And in the Bible, even though we know that this is a beautiful tool, let's be honest with ourselves. It is hard to read and difficult to apply. And so these two things, they, they can be hindrances to our transformation. And so we're going to look at these hindrances and we're going to have the Holy Spirit help expose the lies of the enemy and help us embrace our union with Jesus so that we can continue on this transformation journey. And today, if you're following along in the book, I'm reading chapters or I'm covering chapters two and three. And the message today is entitled, two hindrances, one helper. And with that, I'm going to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to be our helper. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We thank you, Jesus, that you live in us and you want this message to matter. You want us to hear what you have for us today. And so we welcome you here in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's talk first about this hindrance of religion. And I think the most important thing we do first is we actually talk about what does, what does religion mean? You know, when I say the word religion, what do you think of? For some people, they think of actual religions. For example, Christianity or Islam or Judaism. For other people, when they hear the word religion or religious, they think of the rules that we believe or a, a system of beliefs. You know what I find so interesting is that people who don't have a relationship with God, often call people who do have a relationship with God religious. Has this ever happened to you? This happened to me the other day. My neighbor said to me, well, you're religious. And I was like, huh? Because here's the thing. If you have an active and alive relationship with Jesus, you rarely call yourself religious, right? Religion and the word religious have a lot of baggage. And then you add in kind of the hot phrase now, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. That has a whole nother set of connotations, right? So this word religion or religious, it has a lot of baggage. And today what I want to do is I want to talk about some of the ways that religion, specifically religious lies, can lead us away from relationship in Jesus and trust in him. You know, I want us to see that when we embrace the lies of religion, it actually robs us of true trust. And Trust is vital to the transformation journey that Jesus wants to take us on. You know, for each of us, we have a unique journey of faith. And some of us, maybe we've known Jesus our whole life. And others of us, perhaps you're still on a journey to to even know who Jesus is. And I think that our engagement or or how we wrestle with religion, it really actually starts from, from as soon as we start asking questions. You know, many of you know my story. I was raised by Happy and Diane Lehman, the founding pastors here, and their story is that they were raised in very religious households. There were tons of rules that you had to follow. And so there was a lot that you had to do to be in good with God. 
Now, this brings me so much joy today because I was an illustration many times during my parents' message. And so today they're an illustration in my message. Now, you might think, like, they come to know the Holy Spirit and they just break free of all that religion. Well, not exactly, because here's what happened. They were so used to rules, and humans kind of like rules, even though we don't like rules, but we do like rules. And so their really religious rules just changed into different rules. And so there was an emphasis on us doing it right, being right. And what that did was that created in me a desire to perform for God. Now, I really wanted, like from the time I was a little child, I wanted to be a good girl. I I wanted to do the right things. I wanted to please God. I wanted to behave. I I really, I wanted to follow all the rules because I wanted Jesus to bless me and I wanted him to be happy with me. And this created a lot of internal pressure. You know, I believe that if I did the right things, then God would bless me. If I, if I upheld my end of the bargain, then God would uphold his end of the bargain. I knew that he loved me, but truthfully, I often believed that his love for me was based conditionally on my good behavior. And honestly, I was a pretty good kid. You'll hear more about that later. <laughs> you know, I believed that, that God was for me, but I did not live with the reality that God lived in me. And this is a huge difference. So when I was a preteen, my two older brothers, they rebelled and did some pretty stupid stuff. I mean, they're not here to defend themselves, but we both know it's true. And I watched them do this. And it really, it really caused a lot of inner turmoil because I really wanted to be a good girl. And my mom actually said, I don't know where she got this term, but she said, I was a morally conscious child. I really wanted to behave. And part of that is good. You know, I, I, you know, I don't want to bring pain and, and make bad decisions. But the other part was that I was paralyzed by my fear that I would disappoint myself, my parents, or God. And this really created um, a lot of pain and pressure in my life. I believed I had to behave for God to love me. And this is religion. This is religion where we think that through our actions and deeds that we're made right with God, that he loves us, that he helps us. And here's the hard part. Religion, it masks itself in so many different ways. So in my life, it looks like performance. But in your life, it might look like something different. And so today, the invitation is this. Asking Holy Spirit, how, has, how have religious lies wormed their way into my thinking? into my actions, into my beliefs about who you are and how you operate. Because here's the truth, religion is repulsive to Jesus. What it does is it takes the cross and the resurrection and it just minimizes it into this feeble transaction. And then our interactions with Jesus become transactional. You know, if I do this, then God does this. If I do this, then God does that for good and for bad. And we're stuck in this place of always feeling like we're never enough. We always have to do more. And this hindrance leads us to a place of fear. Now, again, fear, it manifests in lots of different places in our lives. But a simple test today to see, like, where am I at with this hindrance of religion is to assess where you're at with fear. So for me, it meant that I was often living in a place where I was afraid of failing, 
There, there was fear that I would be disappointing God or that I would miss God. There was fear that I would let myself or my parents or God down. And often this just created this weight on me and it, it often twisted me into frustration. I was striving and I was straining. So here's three questions to consider today as you're thinking about this hindrance of religion. Where have you battled fear? How has religion fostered fear in your life? How has religion hindered you from really knowing and loving Jesus? Because again, this whole transformation, it's all about understanding who Jesus is, who we are, and how he lives and moves and breathes in us. And in order to actually get out of this ruse of religion, I think we actually need to break down some of these lies. And two of the most common lies in religion is self-effort and I gotta be right. And these lies, they keep us bound into performance and pretending and pride and exhaustion and fear. And if you think about it, interestingly, fear is actually at the root of all religions. It is the taskmaster that keeps us in line, obey or, el or else. And I believe today Jesus wants to, to bring us into a fresh revelation of what our relationship with him is actually supposed to be like. And so I want to actually read a passage of this book to you. In my former life, I was a reading teacher, and I love to do read-alouds, so welcome to my classroom. You can call me Mrs. Yoder. And if you want, you can close your eyes, or the words are going to be on the screen. And I want you to listen to the words. This is from page 51. We all have some of religion's tentacles wrapped around us. Our enemy's name is the devil, the liar, and his tentacles smother the life of Christ in us. These tentacles are lies, religious tenets that promise security and salvation if we obey. They pressure us to perform for a God who is hard to please. They terrorize us with the fear that our performance does not pass his scorekeeping scrutiny or they swell our heads with pride over the fact that our performance is far superior to those around us. But we no longer have to perform. We no longer have to be a terrified victim on the religious stage of life, nor do we need to prance and primp for the applause of people or God. The final curtain has fallen. Yes, the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom because perfect performance was impossible. Jesus was the perfect and final sacrifice. This is the truth. Jesus was the perfect and final sacrifice, and it's through belief in him, through trust in him, that we have relationship with God. Jesus is so good at showing us how to lose our religion. You know, he didn't come to start a new religion. He came to bring a new life and life abundantly. And when we, when we succumb to religion in our lives, do you know what the fruit is? Fear and exhaustion. And it, it, we're worn out. We want to give up. We want out. We, we, we leave the faith. But you know what Jesus actually says? I'm going to take us now to Matthew 11. And this is verse 28. And I'm reading from the message version because the language is so beautiful. This is what he says. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. 
right now as you think about your relationship with Jesus, if you are tired, if you are worn out, if you are done, what Jesus is saying to you today is come. Come with me, walk with me, work with me. Let me show you the unforced rhythm of grace. Such beautiful and powerful language. This is what union with Jesus is all about. Religion tells us work, work, work. And Jesus says, I am in you and I am for you. Jesus knows that religion destroys us and so he is inviting us to come and learn how to embrace our union with him. And what I love is that this union, it provides rest and freedom and delight. It's exhilarating, not exhausting. So anytime we feel worn out, it's just a warning sign. It's a warning sign to me, to you. Hey, you're buying into religion right now and Jesus has a better way. And what I love is that Jesus doesn't just leave us to figure this out on, his, our, on our own. He sends a helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is such a faithful teacher to reveal who Jesus is and how our union with him can actually change our lives. And as I was reflecting on my own journey, I wish I could stand before you today and be like, I never struggle with performance. That's just not true. Now, I've grown a lot. And over the last 10 years, as we've had this message of grace and righteousness and identity, God has actually shifted so much of, of what I believe and has brought so much freedom. So I'm incredibly grateful. But it is a journey you take with Holy Spirit. And I love when Holy Spirit, like, helps set me straight. Have any of you ever felt like you failed? Okay, good. You'll, you'll, you'll relate to this story. So a lot of times I feel like I fail. And I, I love it when the Holy Spirit loves to reframe it for me or give me a different perspective. So when you're a public speaker, sometimes you, you want to say something, like, really, like, right, and then you don't feel like you said it right, and you're kind of like, ugh. And I love when the Holy Spirit says to me, you know what? I love what you did. And what he showed me is that actually when I preach from a place of love instead of performance, it's so much more powerful. Or when I'm in a hard conversation, I'm not a good hard conversation person. They're really challenging for me, and I can feel the Holy Spirit say, you're doing a great job. Or for me, I, I love to get things done. Like I'm a task person. Let me check off a list. And if I, I have four kids, so my life is a little bit crazy sometimes. And if there's a day I just feel like I just did not get done what I wanted to get, I got nothing done today, Lord. And then I hear the Holy Spirit say, you did great today. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. He's like, I know. This is actually religion being uprooted out of our lives where we believe we have to do, do, do instead of be, be, be. Jesus, he wants us to be free from religion. And I just love this part. So I got to read you another part of the book. If you haven't gotten the book, this is your advertisement. Um, I just love this. This is what she writes on page 62. Religion says you have to work hard to fight your old nature. Jesus says, I give you a new heart. Religion says to diligently strive to be close to Jesus. Jesus says, we are already one. Religion says, if you obey, you will be blessed. Religion fills us with shame and condemnation and guilt. Jesus fills us with himself and freedom. He wants us to live, he wants to live in union with us. Religion is a hindrance in our life, but the Holy Spirit is a helper. Okay, I want to move on to our second hindrance today. And it's the hindrance of the Bible. And what's so interesting to me is actually religion can affect the way we feel about the Bible. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. Now, maybe today you thought like religion or Bible, how can the Bible be a hindrance? 
Um, but it doesn't actually take long or much reading of the Bible to see how it could be a real obstacle. I love how my mom put it in her book. She said, the Bible is not easy to read, hear, or heed. And isn't that the truth? You know, when we read history and we see that scriptures have been used to justify some of the greatest crimes, um, it's challenging. You know, people have been, they've been cruelly enslaved. Women have endured abuse. Um, People have been tortured and beheaded, drowned and burned at the stake, all while using the Bible incorrectly. And I know that for many of us, we have negative or not so life-giving experiences with the Bible. You know, research, it shows that it's one of the best sellers of all time, but also one of the least read and most understood, misunderstood books. And I think that's accurate. How many of you have started a reading plan only to fall off the wagon? I'll just go ahead and raise my hand because that's happened to me. Or you go to read and, and the, the, the translation you picked, you, you just, you can't even read the words. You're not even sure if it's in your language. Or you, you know, you're, you're reading the Old Testament and God seems harsh. Or, or you're, you're confused, like, I just don't even know where to start. And I think that for many of us, this tool of transformation, it sits on our nightstand or on our bookshelf and it's gathering dust. Perhaps you feel stuck or stalled in your, in your transformation journey with Jesus. And I believe that today the, the Holy Spirit wants to give us a fresh perspective on this book that is actually supposed to bring life and not death. So let's just talk really briefly, what is the Bible? So the Bible is one book, but it has 66 books within it. And those books have many different genres. There's narrative and poetry and history and prophecy And while the Bible was inspired by God, we believe that it was written by humans. And these humans had many different occupations. They were teachers and fishermen and statesmen. And that's not all. The Bible is broken into two sections. There's an old and there's a new. And it's not chronological. I know you're getting really excited right now thinking about this. So different genres, different authors, old and new. It's not chronological, it's just easy to see how this book could be really confusing. But it is a true part of our transformation. Why? Because it reveals the living word. So how do we move this this tool from a hindrance to a help? And that's that's the question we're going to look just a little bit at this morning. First things first, we receive the Holy Spirit. He is the helper in this situation. And one of his favorite jobs is to reveal who Jesus is. And he wants to actually break confusion that we have around around the word. One of my favorite things to do, really simple, is just before I pick up the Bible, I just simply say, Holy Spirit, come and be my teacher. Because I want to read this book with you. Secondly, we want to approach the Bible relationally. I often can get trapped in what I call rote reading. Have any of you ever read the Bible and you get done and you don't remember a single word you read? You're like, what in the world? What is wrong with me? Okay, so when we read the Bible, we want to read it not just to know information, but to know a person. We want to read the Bible in a way that leads us to trust in Jesus. Now, this is super important. We want to trust Jesus. And here's why. You know, think about it. We often... If we don't know somebody, we don't trust them. So if we don't know the written word, I believe it's going to be really challenging for us to know the living word. 
And so this is part of the transformation journey that Jesus wants to take us on. When we, so this is what we're going to do. When we start reading, we invite the Holy Spirit. We think, you know what? Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with me. I'm excited to read this book today. And then we put on our lenses. And what we call, what we say here is sunglasses. You guys have heard this before, S-O-N glasses. This means that we read the Bible through the lens of who Jesus is and what he's done, through the cross and through the resurrection. And this is important because this leads us to the next point. We must understand that while all the Bible was written for us, not all of the Bible was written to us. Now, I know that's a little preposition in there, but it makes a big difference. All the Bible was written for us, but not all the Bible was written to us. For example, if you believe in Jesus, the Old Testament was not written to you. You are under a new covenant. Now, does that mean that we just throw out the Old Testament? Oh, no need. I know some of you are like, please let her say, throw out the Old Testament so I don't feel guilty anymore. No, no. Why? Because there's actual truth in all the parts of the Bible. The Bible tells one big story, God's story. And there, is, there are great points and great truth for us in each of these different passages. This is where I really want to encourage you. Read chapter 3 in the book because she actually really unpacks this. She takes you through a couple Old Testament passages and shows you how, while this was not written to you, it, it was written for you, how you can still like take fruit and eat it from the, from the Word. These paradigms, this, this information, it can transform the way that we interact with the Bible. You know, we want to receive the Holy Spirit, understand there's this relational paradigm, put on our sunglasses, and then we want to see Jesus. Because Colossians 1.15 actually tells us Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. So this is why it's so important. We, we want to study Jesus. We want to know it because he shows us who God really, really is. Now, I want to encourage us slightly because, you know, you might be like, oh, like, we must be the only people who have ever struggled. No, nope, all of humanity has struggled pretty much for all of time. Let me read you a little passage where Jesus talks to the religious leaders. Just make us feel better. You know, nothing wrong with that. Jesus is talking to the religious leaders and he says to them, You have your heads in your Bibles constantly because you think you'll find eternal life there, but you miss the forest for the trees. These scriptures are all about me, and here I am standing right before you, and you aren't willing to receive from me the life you say you want. You know, these religious people, they they leaders, they they read the scriptures, they they read them rotely. They didn't read them to know Jesus. One of religion's favorite lies is that, the, that if you read this book, God's going to love you more. This book can't give you eternal life. There is one thing that can give you eternal life, and his name is Jesus. But what this book does is this book reveals who Jesus is to us. And so we don't throw this book aside and say we don't need it. We say, no, we need Jesus, and he is revealed in this text. Jesus wants to make himself known to us. We will know Jesus as we read this book. We will understand our union with him better. And when we understand him better, we're going to understand ourselves better. The Bible is this starting place for faith. It's a tool of transformation that the Holy Spirit loves to partner with. Well, let me tell you a funny story. So have any of you ever listened to a song and thought the lyrics were something different than what they were? 
If you ever want a good laugh, just go and Google that, like some of the things people have thought they've heard during a song. So another story on my parents. Uh, We were pretty sheltered from music growing up. We really weren't allowed to listen to a lot of music. You know, shout out to old school vineyard music that we watched or listened to. But when I was in high school... um, we started listening to country music, and this was about 25 years ago. And country was really, really big um, then. And Alan Jackson sang a song. He wasn't the, the writer of the song, but he sang a version of the song called Dust on the Bottle. But that's definitely not what my brothers and I heard. This is what we heard. There might be a little dust on the Bible, but don't let it fool you about what's inside. There might be a little dust on the Bible, It's one of those things that gets sweeter with time. And when I thought about this, I thought, Lord, this is so perfect. You know, there might be a little dust on your Bible. You're just going to whoosh that off. And this week, my encouragement to you is pick up this written word so that you can know the living word. The Holy Spirit, he wants to help you understand who Jesus is so you can know who you are. And this, this is a gift for your growth that Jesus wants you to know him so that you can know yourself. Transformation, it takes time and trust. You can allow Jesus to teach you through this tool of his word. Okay, we're gonna end our time together today by looking at Colossians. And, you know, we wanna shed our religious baggage. And we actually want to see the Bible the way that Jesus wants us to. And we're gonna finish by looking at chapter two in Colossians. And actually this whole book, it talks a lot about our union with Christ. So as we're talking about this, if you've just felt like, I wanna know more about union, I just encourage you, read the entire book of Colossians. But today we're gonna zero in on chapter two just briefly because it focuses on our union with Jesus and how he empowers us to overcome this hindrance of religion, freeing us to understand this incredible truth that Jesus is not only for us, he's in us. And so this is what I believe. I believe that Jesus is here today. I believe he wants to remove hindrances from our life. And so we're going to practice a little bit of what we learned today. We're going to look at the Bible through the lens of relationship, through what Jesus has done. We're going to put on those sunglasses. And so Holy Spirit, you're welcome here as we read this text. And just a moment about the version I'm picking. I picked the Living Bible translation, and I want to encourage some of you. You know, the original Bible was written in Hebrew and, and Greek and Arama- Aramaic. And some of us, we, you've been reading the wrong translation. And I want to encourage you. Go on your Bible app. Try a couple different translations out. When you find one that really speaks to you, buy it in real life, like paper. I know, it's, it's shocking. But the Holy Spirit loves to speak through fresh translations. And so I want to encourage you. I picked the Living Translation today because I loved the way that this author penned this portion of the scripture. So I'm going to read this to us. We're just saying, Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see what you want to teach us during this little part of, of reading your word. So, For God's secret plan, now at last made known, is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the mighty untapped treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am saying this because I am afraid that someone may fool you with smooth talk. Pause here. The Colossians are this on-fire church. And Paul, the author here, he wants to warn them. Listen, you're on the right track but I want to warn you about this hindrance of religion. Picking up now in verse five. For though I am far away from you, my heart is with you. Happy because you are getting along so well. Happy because of your strong faith in Christ. And now, just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with him. 
Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. Don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their philosophies, their wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of on what Christ has said. For in Christ, there is all of God in a human body. So you have everything when you have Christ. You are filled with God through your union with Christ. He is the highest ruler with authority over every other power. I'm gonna switch translations and go to verse 20 because I liked the way the Passion said it here. He says this, for you were included in the death of Christ and have died with him to the religious systems and powers of this world. Don't retreat to being bullied by the standards and opinions of religion. God's secret plan is revealed to us and it's Christ in us. The living word is a source of untapped wisdom and power. His written word reveals this to us. So the secret to our transformation in the Christian life is this, that we live in vital union with him, allowing our roots to go down deep in him. Didn't you love the language there? If we trust him to save us, let's trust him to make it through every day. Let's trust him for every problem that we're facing. Let's live in vital union with him. And then we guard our hearts against religion. Listen, religion is is going to be there. It's a hindrance that's a nagging hindrance. But with Holy Spirit's help, we can actually say, you know what? No, I'm not gonna let my joy go. No, I'm not gonna let my faith go. I'm not gonna allow these ideas of man to trump what Christ himself has said. When we died with Christ, we died to the religious systems and power of this world. Jesus died so that religion no longer had a hold on us. When we read the Bible in union with Jesus, we see him more clearly and understand ourselves more fully. And so this is my encouragement to you. This week, you can go back and reread Colossians. That was Colossians 2, 2 through 10, and then verse 20. You can go back and you can read that passage. You can put on your sunglasses and say, Jesus, Show me, show me how I can live in union with you. Show me where I'm allowing religious lies to come and and like mess with me and and ruin my day and, and make me anxious. He wants to bring each of us freedom. Hindrances can harm us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. And this this journey, it takes time, it takes trust. And so I just want to encourage us that the next step is this: embrace the spirit who lives within you to overcome these hindrances and any other hindrances that are thrown your way. We want to be wrecked for God and we want to be wrecked for good. And so, Holy Spirit, this is the cry of our heart. God, we want to be transformed. We want your power, God, to change our lives in a way that is marked. And so, Jesus, now as we enter into worship, we We invite your Holy Spirit. And just right now, I just say, come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come and have your way in the way that only you can do, where you break us free from the hindrances I talked today, but God, any hindrances that are keeping us out of the transformation that you have for us. And so God, we give you this time of worship now. We, we, I love that picture that, God, there's a treasure chest of hope and expectation. So, God, we enter into worship with expectation of how you want to heal us and set us free and remind us of who you created us to be. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us.
or join our Vineyard Life Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.